What's up, guys? Hopefully you guys are recovered after Masters Week, after the end of the NCAA tournament, Thunder Over Louisville, whatever, whatever it is, and ready for episode 83 with me and my good, my fellow compadre, Mr. BJ Cato. The notorious, the illustrious, the any big word you can think of is what I like to be classified as, please. The other. I mean, you're not Shaq. I mean, no, 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 yeah. Yeah, over here at the big Aristotle or something. No, it just sounded like a good entry, right? I guess. I guess you could say that. Uh, great Masters, by the way. Yeah, it was pretty entertaining. I mean, I feel like me saying that takes away from it any other time because I feel like the Masters is always a good time. Always a good time. At least I, I feel like you and I always enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a special event. That's what I'd say about it. So I'd agree it always – I mean – this time it was really good because Kevin Naw wasn't taking 12 minutes to hit a shot, so I enjoyed that <laughs> aspect of it, but it's always pretty decent. You're right. This is the most I feel like we've seen like everyone talk about golf. Like you get on 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 Facebook or on MySpace or on like any social media, Twitter, anything. Everyone was talking about the Masters, and it seemed like Everyone kind of agreed with Colin Cowherd, surprisingly, where most people don't. Everyone was cheering for Tiger, it felt like, except for BJ. I wasn't cheering against Tiger only because of the people who he was competing against, I guess yeah. it should have. So I was cheering against him, that is true. But I wanted Finau to win and Dustin Johnson. I just I, – and I know you've agreed with me in the past, and it's not like it's my own self-thinking that's thought this up, but Tiger, when Tiger's doing well – golf is doing well well that's what i was gonna say you're talking about everybody talking about it. i think there's some significance to that because there's some other guys who are you know popular golfers and but none of them cross multiple thresholds like what tiger does i'm gonna be honest man i yeah. don't know if there's ever been someone that's done as much for a sport as tiger woods has but it, i, I and agree and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not i'm not like saying that you would think that you're thinking anything different i'm just saying i just thought of that like i don't know if i've ever seen someone that has really just like brought a sport to the forefront by themselves right well that's the thing is a lot of sports you know now we know them as what they are because somebody did that so i'm trying to think of basketball i feel like magic and bird were the two players who really took it into i don't know because the they always credit uh before dr j yeah. and then dr j credits guys like oscar robinson and bill russell and will chamberlain that's what i'm saying we miss those generations so it's tough for us to even say that where we kind of really watched like the popularity of golf on tv which i still it's like you said i, I still don't think it's that popular but Ryder cup um president's cup masters u.s open stuff like that i think it's pretty solid like they've got to get decent tv ratings it's funny because like I didn't really enjoy watching golf until I started hanging out with with you all, like Troy and all them. Like, I, it's not that I didn't like it; it's just I got into watching it more. Right. When I started hanging out with you all more, because it's, I mean, I don't care what anybody says. First of all, if you want to, if you want to enjoy watching golf, go play it and see how hard it is. <laughs> yeah. That's because right. then you see, like, how ridiculous these shots are that these guys are doing, and then you're like, oh wow. Like, this is really, really impressive to watch. Yeah, they make it look so easy, too. That's the thing. So everybody thinks, oh, okay. And then they hit a shot that's like four foot past the hole, and then they're like, oh, yeah, I could have got it closer to – but it's not that easy. Even those four-foot putts. I mean, we saw Tiger missing a couple of those early on. Yeah. Well, the the stat that uh, Nance brought up, I think it was on Thursday. Yeah, you that texted I, that me. I, that I texted to you and Troy, and I put it up on Facebook, and – 
putts from five to ten feet, Tiger was 64 out of 87. And putts from five feet and in, he was 84 out of 87. Sorry, 60, 67 out of 84, and then 81 out of 84 or something like that on five, five feet and in. And then on 20 feet and out, he was first. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to think this thing would have been over a long time ago if his game would have been cleaned up. Again, it's easy for me to say from sitting back and watching this, but if if he'd have hit the putts that he normally hits, this I don't think the tournament would have ever been close. That's your scoring shots, though, so that's why that statistic is so important. I think everybody had something, and that's what Augusta does to you. Augusta is a really tough place to play usually. The first day they had extremely tough pin locations, but the course was playing fairly easy compared to what it usually does. They said the two inches of rain before the tournament actually helped it a lot, and they couldn't get it firmed up in time. So greens were rolling slow compared to what they usually do, but it's not an easy uh, Molinari, I think, had a two-stroke lead over Finau and Tiger, who I think were both tied at uh, – I'm wanting to say, I mean, what did he end up with? 14 under, 13, for, 13 under for the win. I think it, I think they were both at like nine or 10 under or something. Well, he shot in. a 70 for the last day, and I think par is 72. I could be wrong on that. So, so 11 I'm guessing, under. yeah, I'm guessing around there. So they were both 11 under. Molinari was, I mean, he was he was passing the test. Everything he needed to do, he was passing the test. Then they get to that par three, and he just hits one into the drink. Yeah, hits it short, clubs it. Hits that little that little hill going up to the green, the bounces false front. Yeah, hits falls right into the into the water. Yeah. Tiger comes up, the you know the veteran he is at playing at all at uh, almost at Valhalla, in <laughs> Augusta and <laughs> at Augusta, hits it into the middle of the green. Says, "Hey, this is a tough hole. Let's just hole out par. He's gonna he's gonna most likely bogey because he just hit into the water." Right. Finau doesn't take the same approach Tiger does, which would have gained him a shot as well. But he had already been playing bad. He hits into the water as well. Yep. Yeah. Tiger definitely had the upper hand mentally. Like, he looked calm, cool, and collected the whole time. He never looked flustered. They were even saying on the commentating that he was playing strategic aggressive as well, too, to where he wasn't really going after stuff. I I don't remember any time in the last day when, when I was watching it that I remember him taking a chance. Well, the last three holes, he didn't take any chances, but he started to look like some of that was – but it, it was, yeah, he wasn't going to make a mistake. Yeah, I mean, that last hole, if you remember, he, he had two shots to hit. Uh, if he hit it two shots, he won. If he hit it third, right. he was going to playoff. Right. So he hits that one, and he was like, look, I'm going to try to make it, but if I come up short, that's fine. But, yeah, I'm not, but I'm not hitting it long. Yeah. Comes up short, and then taps it in and wins. Yep. Which is what you do. I mean, it, it doesn't matter how many strokes you win by. It all matters that you got a W next to your name. Absolutely. Especially with that check, you know, like the Happy Gilmore check. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. He made over $2 million, and the guy who was in second place, Dustin Johnson, made 850 k So you want to talk about a big chunk of change difference. I mean, 1.15, that's a little bit of change. By the way, I don't know if you saw the, uh, the tweet my cousin shared today on Facebook. The semi truck? No, the uh, uh, the tweet from Adam Sandler. Oh yeah, with Happy. Yeah, that was so. Adam Sandler tweeted Tiger Woods uh, the day of the Masters, right after he won it, and uh, says, "Whoa, way to fill the flow, Tiger Woods! Huge congrats, love Happy Gilmore." Yeah, I, I love that. That's, <laughs> That's classic, great. right there. The fact that he took the time out to, to do that is is fantastic. Well, he's a big sports fan. I mean, you oh, see him yeah. at a lot of NBA games, and then I'm sure he's got an NFL team. I don't know who it is, but 
I don't know. That's one sport I never really, I never really see him around. I feel like he's a Jets fan, but I don't know why. I, I feel like I remember him. Maybe that might have been a movie he was in too. But I think he's a Jets fan. I know that every uh, every movie set he's on, he has a basketball court. Yeah, which I think is pretty cool. I mean, yeah, he practiced with U of L this year. Remember? Oh, I know because I went to the show after. It was yeah. it was pretty cool to see him down there and I don't know but I mean we both both of our golfers that we picked for our locks of the week not to go into that already I mean they look decent actually I'm sorry <laughs> both of mine look decent your second guy didn't one of mine looked really decent for you yeah he did we t- I talked to Zach Coleman on the first day he was getting set up for um, Thunder and. Uh, I told him Paul Casey was one of my locks, and he was like, yeah, he was definitely in last place at one point in time. <laughs> and, yeah, he did not. I mean, he shot in 81, I think, the first day. No, 82. No, so, 81. So, so he so, shot nine over the first day. Yeah, which the, the worst score of the day was Angel Cabrera, and he shot an 82. That's what I was thinking. Oh, so man. think about it. He shot the second worst score of the day. And then the second day he played a little bit better. He shot one over par, but nobody plays – Augusta to try to shoot over par. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but there was a lot of – you were coming down the stretch there when Tiger was on 16 or 17, and there was a chance that there was going to be a four-guy playoff. Right. Which is – I mean, for the Masters, you're already getting the best ratings because you're the only thing on. I mean, I think – Intentionally, I, yeah. I, well, no, not nor- – normally it's it's not because you got to Playoffs. The playoffs, but they had to move it up earlier because of the weather they thought was coming in. Right. So they're literally the only thing on from 9 to about 2.30 or 3 o'clock. Right. And you get that just like you, – you could you definitely see whenever they did that interview after the – after the match was over, you could see that guy just, like, counting the money in his head. Like, dude, we made so much money off this. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, you had guys um, – heck, Bubba was making a run at it there for a little bit before he stumbled down 16 and 17. Uh, you had Ricky Fowler doing well, and he stumbled down 16 or 17. Jason Day had a really good last day, too. Yeah. Rom, Rom didn't play bad the last day. That kid, you brought him up. That kid can play. Rom? Yes. Yeah, Troy was the one who said that he he picked him in something. He picked him and uh, um, I forgot the other one, the um, Japanese kid, Hideke, I think, or, or somebody. But, yeah, Rom is the one who – Rom's going to be good for a while. Who's the uh, who's the other guy that missed the putt that would have actually tied it? Uh, Xander Shoffley. No, he he played really well too in yeah. the last day. So I was saying, there's a couple of names in there that you don't see: Cantlay, um, Shoffley. He he tied for second. Well, that's Shoffley. Shoff, I'm mispronouncing his name. I guarantee it. But he sh- he shot 12 under, is what he was. Kapka might that's have been Bro- the other one. Uh, Brooks Kapka. Yeah. That's who it was. Brooks Kapka had a chance to. I think I think tie right, or was he two strokes back? I think he was two back. But, but he missed that. He missed that. For him, he missed an easy putt for him. Yeah, and he, you like he was he made that face where it's like I wish no one was around because I want to break my putter right now. Face. He looks like an angry dude too. Oh yeah. Actually, he kind of looks like a uh, um, frat guy who's got an angry side to it too. <laughs> I don't know why, but I could definitely see him playing. Like, some I beer feel pong like or his something. room definitely had holes in the wall that was covered <laughs> up with posters. Yeah, where I he can't would just say punch much. the wall and <laughs> put a poster <laughs> over it so that your parents don't know until you move out. I don't like punching soft stuff. I like punching firm brick walls. So yeah, <laughs> so, mine didn't have like, that. I feel like he's just like mm, just punching something and 
and then immediately regretting it. His mom's walking in there. Brooks, what's going on? Oh, don't, don't uh, just drop some weights. You know, just working out. <laughs> Nothing, mom. Leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> he covers it up with a Tiger Woods poster. Yeah. <laughs> but back to our locks of the week. My two locks of the week. Dun, dun, dun. One was a winner. I didn't call him to win, though, to be fair. Yeah, we made we called made a cut, but your other guy who you said was your quote unquote dark horse did pretty well as well too. He did. Justin Thomas eight under finished tied for twelfth with Bubba. So think about it. All all three of your guys who you took were top twelve. I mean, I'm not popping my collar or anything that I don't have. Yeah, like golf savant savant over here. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really. I I said that I didn't know that much. <laughs> sandbagging. Apparently, so we I call did. that sandbagging. By the way, speaking yeah. of Justin Thomas, yeah, did you see what what Shawnee Park did today? No, their first part three, they named the Justin Thomas hole today. Really? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool, but it's not the greatest course in the world. So, hey man, don't be hating on Shawnee area. Bro. I was saying it's not the greatest course in the world. But wouldn't you take you take. You take Cherry Valley's first par three named after B.J. Cato. <laughs> it wouldn't matter, bro. You take one of golf courses, we're going to name a hole after you. For take sure. It. it was no disrespect. He's a great player. I was thinking in my head maybe there should be a better course that would. I mean, Valhalla ain't naming a no. hole after him. No. He ain't that good yet. There's other city courses that are nice, too. I've played Shawnee many times because it, it gets pretty inexpensive, but. And it, it, sometimes it's in decent shape, but to me it's like Woodview. If anybody knows the Clarksville course, Woodview. I love that course. I play it all the time. Used to play it all the time, but um, no, I, it's not somewhere where if you have options, you're going there. I'm going to tell you this, man. Yeah. The Masters made me want to get back into golfing again. Good. Well, I, I don't know how. I don't know if I'm going to, but it made me want to do it again. Yeah, once you hit your first bad shot, you might rethink that. But <laughs> yeah, I do know this. I know I'm going to play in at least one, maybe two, close scrambles this summer. Because nice. when we did that one, that was by far like not close. To the most fun I ever had playing golf. You know, the golf club right by your house has that has uh, glow scrambles i've heard i've heard that i've never even been there and that golf course is like 100 yards away from my house it's the only golf course i've ever played that i was involved in a police chase remember <laughs> i think you told me about this yeah, it's Did, classic. didn't the guy run across the course or yeah something? it was for real like grand theft auto style stuff like i saw i was coming up the hole i saw there was police on the side and i was like oh this is good i might check this like out they were just standing there it was off the course. There's one hole that goes right next to what we joke around and call the ghetto. That you can definitely. Oh no, that's definitely the ghetto. Oh, do we have ghettos around here? I mean, it's... yes. Okay. Well, whatever. I'll tell you, you a good story after this. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. So your tee shot can go into those houses, and I've seen it happen probably 30 times. And so you're always like, oh dear lord, please hope nobody comes out with a gun. Not to interrupt you, but uh, here's how you know that it's a ghetto. Yeah. When they don't care that the ball goes into it. Because they're afraid that it's going to hurt someone's house. Yeah. That's when you know it's a ghetto. Oh, well, if not, they would have changed the tee. <laughs> I see them coming out it. there and collecting the balls. I feel like they might go sell them back to them or something. So they're kind of happy when you hit it over there, I feel I'm just like. saying, when a course doesn't move their tee box right. because they're worried about it hitting something, Right. that's when you know they don't care about where it's going. Well, and that's my miss is a, a slice to the right, that heavy fade to the right. So, yeah, I've been over there my fair share. But uh, so I'm going up to the green, and uh, the next tee box is up there too. And I see police up there. I'm kind of like, okay, something's going on. And then I hear him give the description of the guy, and I hear him say that he evaded on foot. And so in my head, I know people have been robbed on that course before, and I'm thinking there's only one way he could have gone to get away from police who are in cars 
that's through the woods. So I'm like, I'm about to see something good. Step up to the next tee box, and I'm a terrible driver, and I hit a monster drive down that next hill. And I'm like, that's the greatest drive of my life. Pull down there, and I'm getting ready to hit my next shot into the green. And all of a sudden, I see him running across the course, the guy they described. And I'm like, <laughs> that is the exact description of the guy. So I'm like, oh, what am I about to do? I'm just going to sit here I, and watch this. I would have dropped another ball and tried to hit him with one. Ooh. Yeah, I'm not that good of aim. But that would have been actually pretty good if I could have. Yeah, I like you had to have gotten some type of reward if you clonked him right in the head and knocked him out. Well, so I almost got some reward because then what ended up happening is coming from a different angle, two policemen had to commandeer my golf cart. And <laughs> so I'm telling you, it was like Grand Theft Auto. I'm like, they're like, hey, we need that golf cart. And I'm in the golf cart. And I'm like, okay, am I driving or are you going? You know, and they're like, you're driving. So one sits. You drove the cops after this, dude? That's dope. So look, the one sits right next to me. And this is the other thing. Anybody who's played at, uh, I think it's New Albany Springs. Yeah, New Albany Country Club knows their golf courts are absolute junk. They're the worst golf carts that you could ever imagine. And so one gets in right next to me and the other one jumps on the back and is like where the golf clubs are and is hanging up there. And so three of us on there, this golf cart is barely moving. And they're like, follow him, you know, we're going right to where he jumped over a fence. <laughs> so I just like let him off right there and then just kind of hung out for a second and went back and played after. I called Morgan Wilder after that. I was like, bro, this is the only course in America that you can play golf and be involved in the police chase. It was that's classic. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So I don't know what the dude did. I don't know if they ever caught the dude, but it was pretty interesting. I mean, you should at least got a free run at golf or something for that. Yeah, whenever I went up to the uh, clubhouse, I told them about it, and they were just like, oh, okay, like nonchalant, like maybe this happened on occasion. Yeah, so I was just like, well, thanks, guys. I probably won't be back for a while. But then it was (laughs) – I think I paid $13 to ride 18 holes there. Like that's unheard of. So, yeah. So you said, do we have ghettos around here? Yeah. I used to deliver pizza for a long time. Yeah. Domino's is where I started, then I went to Papa John's. Do the ghettos like pizza, by the way? They do, but I'll tell you what they don't (laughs) like is tipping. (laughs) <laughs> so nobody likes tipping though i no. mean i get that so i get to the uh the projects yeah and it's alleged of, it's, projects it's wizard of oz storming it's you know like music's playing you know you see the wicked witch of the west run dude it is like the wind is like howling dude and yeah. i'm like oh god i gotta like go probably 25 yards to this door because it's the closest like this is the closest i can park yeah so i get up there and it's this sweet old lady and this is the first time i've ever been in there to these uh, to these uh projects well if it is the ghetto you definitely don't want to knock too hard well i had to knock hard because of the wind right so i knock and she's just like you better hurry and get out of here you're gonna get blown away and i'm like (laughs) Is she, talking about, is yeah. she talking about me getting shot? Is she talking about me getting like blown away with the wind? Right. But all of the, the above. The world will never know. No. Needless to say, I was still in decent shape at that point, other than round, yeah. like I am now. I ran it back to the car and got out. Is that Crystal Court? Is that White yes, Court? That was That's Crystal Court. Crystal Ave yeah. is where it was. Not the greatest place to go. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not the greatest place to go. Interesting area, to say the least. Now, the one that you were talking about over by the golf course had one of the best basketball courts in New Albany. 
you never want to go over and play because if you leave anything sitting on the side, it's going to get stolen. Yeah, I played there once with Barber and uh, Zoe, Joey Dumas. Yeah, and some years probably got stolen. Well, I know. I didn't have – I never carry anything out there. I mean – yeah, I went and played with my brother one time. It was just me and him, and there was a bunch of little kids. Yeah. He said his keys on the side. We go to leave, and his keys are gone. His key. <laughs> Luckily for us, we didn't leave because we knew, okay, whoever took these is still around here somewhere, so they're probably just waiting for us to leave. Right. So we just walked around, walked around. Underneath the slide, just sit on the ground. Wow. Picked them up dipped. I was like, yep, we're never playing basketball here again. Yeah, that's pretty lucky that you found them there, too. Think about it. I was thinking in my head, somebody's waiting for you all to, like, call it quits or whatever. Then they're coming well, in and trying saying. to steal they're, the car. They're, they're, yeah. That's what they're waiting on. Yeah, probably. Because they, they had them in a baggie. They weren't just sitting under like a little kid took them. And then, uh, no, they were in a baggie sitting under this. They were like, oh, yeah, then I'm trying them here. Yeah. They were probably so pissed watching out the window like, what the heck, man? They found those keys. Well, and this is – so they were just hiding them to go back to get them. But yeah. I'm just thinking in my head, I, I mean, you're going to get caught. Like, Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, we had talked about doing other things for uh, our locks of the week. So, I'm going to say let's take this week off for our locks of the week. And what? Then, yes. So, we can start completely clean next week and just start with where – so, we can take a week to think about what we need to do as far as the loser. Okay. Well, I'm and still going to take the Warriors negative 8.5. You take the Warriors and they're negative 8.5, and I'll take the Warriors and their negative attitude. Yeah. By the way – Katie and Clay are gone. I don't know if you saw that video of the 60 minutes. They're gone, dude. Like, yeah, Iguodala tried to take one for the team and answer it to avoid it. At, like, yeah, but at, I'm not surprised by that in the least. But anyways, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that KD was. I'm still not sold that Clay is because I'm telling you, I, I don't – I'm not saying he isn't going to leave. I'm just saying I'm not sold that he is. I, I, I don't think he can be a number one guy – for a, a great playoff team, I think he'd be at least be a number two guy, which yeah, he's not right now. Yeah, but KD, I mean, he had eight shot attempts the last game. Like KD is not taking many shot attempts. No, there's something K- to that. KD has. I mean, I don't think KD's really been happy since the first year they won. If I'm being 100 percent honest, I think they won, and I think he took that. Again, this is just me speculating. Yeah, I think they won, and I, I think during the summer he was like. This really doesn't feel as good as I thought it was going to. Like I, like his his attitude never, like he never really, really, really seemed like yes, like I did it. Yeah, but that's kind of his demeanor in general. Not really, because even when he was in OKC, like when the year they made it to the finals and just got absolutely obliterated by the Heat, he you, they were having a great time and like they were happy to be there. Yeah. And then that three blowing that three one lead the year the Warriors did that when they blew that one to the Warriors, you could see it took wind out of his sails and it was just kind of like, I can't just have this thing hanging over my head where people just think I can't win. Yeah. And then he went and won with the Warriors and now everyone's like, you still didn't pretty much win. You took the easy way out. So now I think like you said it was already a foregone conclusion. I just don't. I think he did that championship thing and he's like, man, I didn't do this the right way. So now I think he goes somewhere. And he starts it kind of like how, like a, a lot of people try to compare how he went to Golden State with how LeBron went to Miami, and I don't think they were the same. No, and, but of I think not. if he goes somewhere with someone, like let's so say you're he go, saying he's going to New York with Kyrie there or or something like that. 
See, I don't even think he cares about, like, I think he might have wanted that championship for legacy purposes. So now you can't say he's never won a championship. So now what he's going to do is major market city, be the franchise player, make a max deal contract, which is already, once again, a foregone conclusion. You know he's getting a max deal. And then just do what he wants to do and score. You know what I'd really do if I was him? I wouldn't go to New York, that's for sure. You know what I'd really do? What? I'd go to the Clippers. I would go to the Clippers. Because Why? you're going to go to the Clippers, you're already going to have a better team than LeBron does. Yeah, but you're going to have to move some pieces to get there. Not necessarily. They have all young pieces. Who are they going to have to get yeah, rid of? Yeah, but I'm saying... Uh, Contract-wise, I don't think they can afford a max deal. I know they're in the market for some higher, but I don't think they can get a max deal. I mean, they were already talking about them getting uh, Kawhi. So, I mean, why couldn't they get KD? Yeah, they did. They were already talking about them getting Kawhi. They were talking about them getting PG when PG said he didn't want to go to the Lakers. Right. They were talking about them getting Davis. I mean, I think he could go there. If I'm him, what what would it say if he had the cojones to go to the Clippers and say, hey, LeBron, I'm going to beat you there? And then beat them. Yeah, but I don't think it's the the LeBron thing. I think it'd be beating the Warriors. Like, that'd be his... Oh, that's what I'm saying. And then beat the Warriors. Because yeah. I think if you add him to that Clippers team, dude, they could be they could be dangerous with him. Yeah, well, they already are a great defensive-minded team. And then Gallo's been playing good basketball lately. I like Shamit coming up. And then Trez has been playing really, really Trez hard. Trez would play great with him, man. Well, Trez plays great with anybody because he's a hustle guy and a heart guy. And then, obviously, Sweet Lou out there killing it. So Sweet Lou. Sweet Lou. By the way, I love that you put it out there like I hate on Lou Williams all the For time. sure. You definitely I Lou don't Williams hate hater. on Lou Williams. Yeah. I Remember the conversation we had? I said there's only like three people I'd rather hang out with than hang out with your brother Ryan. And he was one of them, and you hated on me for that. I did not say that. I, yeah, for I, sure. I said it caught me out of nowhere because I didn't th- – didn't, it's like something you don't expect – like me right. saying, there's only like a couple people I'd rather hang out with than hang out with you. And you're like, who? I'd be like, uh, remember that show Alf? Like the ran- the puppet Alf is who I'd rather hang out It's just some <laughs> off-the-wall person that you say. Like, I'm not thinking in the front. Alf, I feel like, is a lot worse than Lou Williams. But I had a good story um, behind he, it. Uh, eat my shorts, all right? <laughs> that comment bites wind. Lou is the man. I, I enjoy I Lou, Lou a lot. Williams. Yeah. A pretty cool story, by the way. My coach that I had on uh, earlier... In the podcast, JT yeah. Henderson yes. was actually part, uh, helped uh, tour Lou Williams around Georgia when he uh, did his recruiting there. Ooh. He was a GA at Georgia, so he kind of helped him do his recruiting trip. So he knew Lou Williams. And instead, he went pro. Yeah, I mean, he did commit to Georgia. Did he? He did commit to Georgia and then went to the NBA. Well, I, he was one of the last years that you could go, right? The last year, right? Uh, was it oh five? Was the last year that you could go because that was your Dwight Howard went one. Uh, they had they had Dwight Howard, Lou Williams, and J.R. Smith. Do you remember J.R. Smith was committed to your boys? Yeah. Uh, Dwight Howard is what Georgia Tech maybe. I don't even know if he even committed anywhere. To be yeah, honest with you, I don't you. feel like Dwight's smart enough to go to Georgia Tech. No offense. I don't know. I mean, he went to a pretty prestigious school, Christian school in yeah, Atlanta. That is true. I mean, they they had a that was a good class. To be honest with you, man, as far as yeah. college players and stuff, I mean, you had him and Randolph Morris. Big men wise, it was pretty loaded. I just remember seeing that game on 
uh, like to make you know they used to sell those DVDs of like these players back and they showed like their Jordan game like one of their high school games. And yeah, stuff I don't like think that. they had a Jordan game back then, did they? I they mean, might not have. It might have just been. But they McDonald's just All American, the Nike Summit, maybe, and uh, one of their high school games that they showed on TV. Adidas ABCD camp too. I remember. Yeah, because I mean I had the one that had LeBron and Melo and Future Stars. Yes, those. I were know the such, exact one you're talking such about. Such good DVDs, <laughs> man. And then yeah. the other one had Dwight and had. Uh, I think he had Lou Williams on there, too. I like it. Well, but, I had one that was called One Love, and it was basically their highlight. Oh, so good, too. Classics. I can never so find good, them here. Man. I'd always get in uh, Pennsylvania. There was a movie store in the mall, and I'd always have to buy them there. But we used to watch them before our high school games. We had a projector. Dude, same. Yeah. Same. We didn't have a projector, but we had a DVD player. Well, uh, Coach Butts, you know, yeah. Coffee Crossing, ended up upgrading the uh, locker room in Christian Academy. And then when I went over there, he he got a projector so we could watch game tape on it. And it was, I mean, it was probably a $150 projector. Like, it was not a bad projector for that price. And we'd just watch him before the games. We'd go get, like, some Subway, some Burger King, something unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> and go eat and watch him watch before the game. I used to always, uh, fun fact, I used to watch Michael Jordan to the Max before every game. Oh. That was one, it's still one of my favorite movies. I saw that the day it came out in IMAX. Yeah, it was. Oh, it I watched it in IMAX so as well. I think so we might have. I don't actually. I think I might have seen it with my family. But I want to say we saw a couple of IMAX films on uh, um, school. What are they called? Field trips. Field trips. Thank you to the yeah. science center. I don't know why you wouldn't remember field trips, but <laughs> yeah, they yeah. were they were there, and uh, it was pretty cool. Always seeing that stuff. I like just getting out of school, so I was good with whatever. But I used to listen to uh, House of Pain jump around before every game, personally. Well played. Tart was Tar Heel reference, and then uh, I, I used to jump tip as well too, and you know won every tip on the year, so no big deal. But uh, I mean, I would too if I was seven feet tall, looking like George Mears' son. Well, if you had a twelve-inch vertical, then that doesn't help you. So it does when you're when you're six foot six. Well, yeah, I mean that doesn't hurt. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, there was uh, one guy. Um, Cody Job, and then there was somebody else I forget played for South Central, and he was like a state high jumping champion, and that was the one I was like, "Oh, this is for sure a problem," and somehow I got lucky, just timed it, quick jumped it. They never called that against us, so I was like, "Yep, that'll work." I mean, it's hard to really call a quick jump against a guy that you're like at your height. Yeah. Like, uh, jokes aside, because it's like, all right, this guy's already going to win this hip anyway because he's so tall. Yeah, so but this kid was it. the same height, so that's what I'm saying. It was just lucky. And oh. it was I'm telling you, once you extend your arm up, like how they're not watching your feet, they're watching. So it's kind of like how do you call steal a tip if your arm's fully extended, they can't call it. I don't yeah. know what the rules technically are on that. But yeah. But I mean, we've had some good playoff matchups so far in the NBA. Um I mean, how about the Blazers right now? Yeah. Well, um, how about the Westbrook versus Lillard matchup? I mean, it's really just Westbrook watching Lillard at this point. Yeah. Well, I hate to say that because I love Westbrook, but I also love Dame, so I don't really hate to say it that much. Yeah. But Dame and the Blazers are kind of embarrassing the 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 Westbrooks, I almost said, but the, the Thunder. Well, it's 2-0, and uh, PG hasn't played well yet. So if PG plays well, that could change that around. Grant's got to knock down some open shots, but it's it's a good matchup overall, and I think Portland is desperate for a playoff win. Yeah, i, I tell you what, though. The team that has surprised me the most this season yeah. uh, is definitely Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. I did not give Brooklyn a chance, a snowball's chance in hell, as they say, to do anything. Yeah. And the fact that uh, the fact that they not only won game one, they did get absolutely smashed in game two, though. They gave up 145 points. But 
I mean, just the team overall to to do so well and then to go and win on the road in Philadelphia in game one is, is phenomenal. Right. Yeah, I agree. First of all, I think the Sixers on paper have one of the best teams in the NBA. They may have the best starting five in the NBA outside of Golden State, and now they probably do since since Cousins is hurt. Well, it's for sure. Like their depth is what impresses me even more. They, they've got so many guys that they can bring in rotation-wise. But it's like you said, their first five are heavy. And then um, they've got a big home court advantage too. So to watch them come in there. The only thing that wasn't shocking to me is if you watch them play during the regular season, Karis LeVert killed them all year. Joe Harris had some good games against them. It's your boy. Yep, that's why I had to say it because really he didn't really have that many great, but I had to give him a shout-out. And, and then uh, yeah, D'Angelo Russell had some big games against them, and then Spencer did win. I'm, I'm, you guys can't see at home, but I'm definitely doing the ice in my veins. That's the Ville's finest, baby. Yeah. I would still wish he would have went to Louisville, but, hey, I'm still cheering for him either way. Yeah. So I, I think it was one of those things that wasn't shocking to me to see that, but it was surprising to see game one, them come out and get a victory. The one that was even more surprising to me was Orlando. I did not expect Orlando to beat Toronto. I, neither did I. I mean, that Toronto team is – I mean, it, 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 dude, it's – I read something the other day, and I still think that it's still true. Kyle Lowry is not built for the playoffs. Right. He doesn't take care of his body enough, and he actually was quoted in saying that he didn't he didn't do that before this year. He said this year was the first year he's really done a lot more of cardio and, and stayed in shape and stuff to make sure that his body was ready for the playoffs. Yeah. First game he had zero points, and they got beat by Orlando. Well, he's a pit bull, man. The, the thing is, playing that style of basketball wears on you. So it's kind of one of those deals. I'm not shocked when at the end of the season he's run down a little bit. And then obviously we've seen him not have playoff success in the past, him and DeMar together. But still, I was shocked to see him go 0 for 7 and then get heavily you, outplayed by yeah, Augustine. How are you Kyle Lowry and only take seven shots? Yeah, but that's not uncommon for him. I mean, I'm always surprised by how many shots that Kawhi has because you don't think of him as a you know a high-volume scorer. He definitely can do it, but you just think shot attempts-wise, he doesn't take a ton. And then, obviously, Ibaka gets his fair share. you got a couple guys off the bench who get their fair share. And then Gasol coming in, he really doesn't take many. But they spread the love, man. I mean, it, yeah, Leonard took 22. Lowry took 13 in the second game and had 22 points. Yeah, but look what Kawhi shot. 15 of 22. Yeah. yeah. And, and last I saw, he was 15 of 20. And I was like, okay. And then you had Siakam with 19 points, 10 rebounds, and he was 8 of 16. Yeah. He's by far, I mean, you have to put him as most improved on this year, I think. Out of anyone? Yeah. I was trying to – they had a thing up there the other day. There was somebody else that was really improved. Oh, D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Well, there's actually four or five people who are in that conversation. But Siakam has been – man, he's a great piece on that team. And I think Toronto's built for a playoff run besides Lowry. So it's kind of one of those deals. They got Norman Powell. They got Fred Van Vliet. Um, obviously, Nick Nurse as a coach. I, I like what they've got going on. And then Siakam's been a great addition to that team. Whether he's the most improved player or not, you got to give him credit where credit is due. I mean, I'm looking for the thing that I saw the other day. Yeah. And, you know, just searching Facebook, there's four posts, and all four posts have said your boy uh, Siakam. Yeah. Uh, one says D'Angelo Russell. But there was one that had a picture of four different guys, and I, I'm Siakam was on there, and I know Russell was, but I can't remember who the other two were. Uh, I just I know there's been a couple people that have kind of definitely taken a step forward, 
and those two I think are definitely in the forefront. Uh, I I just can't remember who the other ones were. It's bothered me, but well, I've seen some that have uh, Paul George. Trez in it. was on there. Yeah, that, that was one of them. I don't. I wouldn't put Trez in the same conversation as them because Trez has honestly come has honestly come up here at the end of the season. Yeah, uh, I think he played decent at the beginning, but he's come on really strong at the end of the season. Darren Fox is on there. I've seen. Yeah, I, I I love seeing Trez playing so well because of I mean. Even going back to Louisville, you just saw how hard he worked to get where he was. Yeah, but I watched him kill North Carolina. Like, that's him and Rozier having good NBA careers do not surprise me in the least bit. I know it's not like I didn't expect them to go in and then be, you know, perennial all-stars right away. But you could see they were great players. Yeah. And the other thing, like you said, the, the thing that they had that's an intangible piece is the heart and the effort. You could tell they hated losing, and to me, I always like a guy who hates losing over loving winning. Yeah. Sounds weird, but I'd rather see that I mean, side. it's something that, to know what you're, what you're saying, like, you have to feel that way. Yeah. Like, it's it's not really something you could teach, either. It's something that you have to go through to, do, to get it. Right. Or you just have it. Well, it's an intangible. It's like yeah. I said, it, it's not something that you can do at all. It's just naturally. And there's a lot of things that you can work on in basketball. Hating to lose is a thing that not everybody has. No. And, and people, oh, you're just a sore loser. No, I just don't like to lose. Uh, you show me a sore you, you show me a sore loser, I'll show you a loser. Yeah. Or a, a gracious loser, and I'll show you a loser. I, I, like I think Cam Newton said that. Yeah, and I mean, plenty of people said that, but that was that was one person I remember saying that. It was right. you show me a good loser, and I'll show you a loser. I, I I don't like to lose either, and I'm right there with you. I hate it. It was tough for me to take Cam serious with the outfit he was wearing when he said that. By the way, yeah. probably some fedora <laughs> with a feather and three piece suit. That's you know who knows what but color. We're not skipping this NBA playoff talk without talking about one thing. What? What? Did the Warriors blow another three one lead? <laughs> No, a 31 lead. That's 3-1? Yeah. That's 3-1? That's this is true. Yeah. They blew another 30, 3-1 lead, bro. And I told you, I had it recorded, and I went – well, the reason why I was recording it because I was so tired, I ended up going to bed. And they were up 31, and I saw them come down and cut it to 29 with a two-point bucket. And I was like, no, this is over. I think that was like uh, seven minutes to go Six in the third. Six and a half minutes. I watched yeah. it. There was, I saw an eight-minute clip that they put together yeah. of the comeback. Dude, it was nuts. Well, and they took the lead, and then it was downhill from there. That last shot that Clay took, I mean, they were down four, so I get it, but I still. I don't know, man. Like, they took the lead by one. Right. And then Curry comes down. Misses an open three. No, he hits a three and gives him the lead again. Oh, yeah. And you're like, okay. Yep. It's over again. The Warriors got it back. No, they came down and got an and or no, it was tied. Curry came down, hit a three. They come down. Your boy Sweet Lou gets an and one. Yep, it ties it back up. And yeah, it's but like, then Curry ended up missing that three that I thought was halfway down, and it was an open look. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. It was multiple efforts, but once again, KD was nowhere to be found. Which he, is, he couldn't touch the ball. Yeah, with he, Beverly on him. He couldn't touch the ball, man. And that's that's frustrating. And the other thing that made it so funny. <laughs> Was Curry getting just absolutely beaten to the ground with that tweet he put out with for Tiger Woods? Yeah. Did you see that? No. Oh man, not a better comeback ever in sports. Oh. 
<laughs> well, then well, everyone started referencing the three-one comeback by LeBron. Like someone even posted the the picture of LeBron where he's like screaming. It's like no team has ever come back from three-one. Yeah. And then they did that a day later, and it was like, hey, bro, you still think that's the best comeback ever? Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, he's a member at my uncle's golf course out there in uh, Cali. He said he's a pretty daggone good golfer too. Curry. Yeah. I, feel I, like, I think he's a natural athlete. Yeah. I, it, that's what I was about to say. I feel like professional athletes are pretty decent at everything. Yeah, but I mean, golf is one of those we've seen Barkley. Unless you're Charles, yeah. Yeah. So there's people who just don't. But he he said, I mean, he played in uh, the Web.com tour or something in the off season. Like he tried to get his pro card. He's really really good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, heck, look at Chris Paul in bowling. Yeah, I know everyone's decent, but Chris Paul's like a legit bowler. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. I've seen some pretty daggone good bowlers, and he, Paul is up there. I don't think Paul would ever be able to be on the uh, PBA tour, yeah. whatever it is, but bowling is a different level, man. That's the thing. Like, when they make a spare, they're frustrated. So, that's, yeah. I mean, perfection is the goal. How many sports do you know that perfection is the goal? Yeah. I mean, that's the only one that I know of. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. I just, every time I see bowling, though, or like, I'd always just think of the 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 stand up bit with Jim Gaffigan. Really? Where he's like, Hey, have you ever seen a guy that's out of shape in bowling? He's probably a professional bowler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we know a couple of good bowlers and they're not in the greatest shape. And then also we uh, I've seen Kingpin and I've seen uh, Big Lebowski. Yeah, some, some classics. If you see a guy and he's out of shape and he's bowling, he's probably a professional bowler. Yeah. And he's you know, he says, you know, some people have their own bowling ball, their own bowling bag, and no friends. There's yeah. one who's local. Uh, his last name's Wolf. I forget what his first name is, but he had a pro shop in the bowling alley that I used to work at and everybody whenever he'd walk in they'd always be like oh my goodness you know it's such and such wolf and i was like well, that's pretty cool it's a lone wolf because yeah. i don't have no friends <laughs> well I, no what it was was i talked to him one day and, and they were talking about the money that they made on it and man it was pretty tough to listen to because he was like pretty depressed about how that's his love and it's a craft and he has to put that much effort into it and then they really don't make much money yeah yeah, I mean, there's been some good games so far in the playoffs. The back, getting back to the NBA playoffs, there's been some really good games in the playoffs so yeah. far. Uh, like you, like you were saying before we started, there's been some up, some upsets uh, so far. We said or, we talked about Orlando. Yeah, uh, we talked about uh, Brooklyn. Clippers. Uh, we talked about the Clippers coming back from the 31 point deficit. And then I wouldn't call it a uh, upset, but well, it is technically on paper. But San Antonio has a win too, and I told yeah. you they're also favorites tomorrow night, two and a half point favorites. So that is very surprising. I know San Antonio is a tough place to play, but D- Denver's just so young, man. I don't think they know how to win yet. Yeah, but that's the two seed, man. I, I understand, but like, I-, I feel like this is a San Antonio team that's like, okay, you're facing. I'm trying to think of who we can really compare them to in the in college basketball. It's it's a team that's been there before, yeah. and maybe they are either facing some type of injury bug or something during the regular season that put them back there or something. The, San Antonio's never a team you want to face in the playoffs. Yeah, but that's the thing. I don't think on paper their roster is like a playoff team. I think it's Popovich's system. Uh, Aldridge has been playing well. DeRozan has been playing well. And then their role players are just I mean, knocking out at, shots. Look at it like New England. And not yeah. to bring that, but 
New England, more often than not, yeah, we have Brady, and I know we had Gronk, but think about the time times we've won without Gronk or without one of our key players. And it's because and, – and, like, that's where yeah. I equate Popovich and Belichick to a lot of, like, you have one star player that you're based around – but a lot yeah. of it is just your system is so good and it's such a well-oiled machine. Yeah. And you have guys that just buy in and do it. Well, it's like you said, the system, but it's matchups. You know, they're very yeah. strategic in matchups and they're very knowledgeable about strengths and weaknesses. Only the thing is, football is such a different game than basketball. Obviously, the five people being on the court is a whole different ball game. And then, you know, the blocking schemes, I think that's where he really excels. Uh, and obviously, he's defensive-minded, so... I don't know. It's kind of one of those deals. Belichick's one of the greatest to ever do it. Popovich is one of the greatest to ever do it. But. So he's got the most wins ever now in NBA history. Yeah. And I, I, did you know before that who was the winning, winning his coach? I, uh, I knew it just because I remember when I saw it, I thought it was one of the most off-the-wall people that I would have never thought. Well, I was going to guess Riley, so that's wrong. No, Riley's not. wasn't one or two. Who was it? Lenny Wilkins was one. Really? Yeah, and see, that even when I'm telling you that, you're like, really? Yeah. Lenny Wilkins? He coached Wilkins? for a while, though. He did, yeah. yeah. And the other one was uh, due to coach for the Mavericks for a little bit, Don Nelson. Don Nelson uh, makes brilliant. sense. I think Don Nelson was too. He's a funny guy now. Oh, yeah. I've seen some interesting I videos. Think, I think it was Don Nelson. So I, th- I think it was Wilkins, Nelson, it. one, two, and then he passed both of them up. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the Bucks aren't really struggling at all. No, part of that is they're playing the Pistons. Part of that is Blake Griffin got injured, but still. Or at least he's his ego is injured. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anytime you're facing a physical specimen like, like Giannis, who we've spoken in the past about maybe one of the most physically gifted players we've ever seen play play the game of basketball. Yeah. I mean the stuff that he does, like I think I was watching the highlight of him the other day and somebody said did he even dribble when he got that see I think Sharp commented on your thing. One dribble he said. He said said that he just one dribble from half court. Yeah. Well no it was almost three quarter court. That's a thing. I mean that's just absolutely insane, man. Yeah. Well it's tough think about it. They've got such a great system like we were talking about earlier. I mean Lopez hitting threes out there is killer. And yeah. Granny's only shooting like what thirty six percent, something like that, just to space it like he is. You got Brogdon playing out of his mind. You got Hill in there. Middleton obviously was an all star for the first time this year. Like they've they've got a solid team. Bledsoe just got a new contract this year, but on paper they do not have an elite team. So it's to me system based. I think honestly, man, they like, with you saying that they kind of remind me of a San Antonio team. Yeah. A one three and D, like one really solid player, Giannis. Yeah, one of the best players in the league, and then you just build around him with stars or role players, which is essentially what you were just alluding to. Chris right. Middleton's. I know he made the All Star team, but I wouldn't make him an All Star. I'd say he's a star. Well, he was a product of wins. Yeah. So yeah, once again, and East Coast. I mean, Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. I, I like their team as far as top to bottom, and I don't think that's what you were saying, that, that they didn't have a good team top to bottom. No. It's just they don't have anything outside of Giannis that's just like, yeah, I'd pick him before anybody else. Well, I'm just saying, think about it. They were the number one seed in the East, and when you look at their roster, yeah, Giannis is the only guy that jumps out to you. And yeah. like I said, Milton being the second fiddle, he's young and upcomer. He, he's had some great battles with Team USA in their practices I've seen and stuff. But he's not even a top twenty-five guy in the NBA right now. No, so he's not. Yeah, they have maybe a top. They have a top five guy, and then definitely. maybe maybe a top forty. <laughs> he's probably top their next fifty guy. for sure. Yeah, yeah, is 
is their next guy, but it's just once you get to that point, it's like they're all right there. I like their team. Yeah. Um, but then we go to the other game, the other series, the Jazz Rockets, and, and yeah. talk about that video that you shared the other day. What were the rock or what were the Jazz doing? Yeah. Well, the funniest thing is, guess where they got that from? Milwaukee. Okay. They watched Milwaukee earlier in the season do that, and it did. I'm not going to say it ever works because you saw what type of defense it is. He's trying to force him supposedly with the game. It's, plan. it's called ice defense, essentially. For it was what a lot of it's, it's a yeah. form of the ice defense, which is short for isolation. Yeah. It, it, essentially, you cut the court in half. You want to keep that guy on one side of the court, right. and you want to force him to towards his weaker hand. Right. But with the way he was opening up, he was literally saying, "Hey, here's an open lane to the deep to the to the rim." Yeah, he wasn't cutting him in half. No. He was cutting him behind where he'd go back by half court behind him. Absolutely. And this was the thing I was saying. You're on that. These are professional players. So Harden's going to get a floater. Rudy steps up and defends that floater. Then he's going to have an alley-oop dunk to Capella down low. Absolutely. Then Mitchell from the side or Crowder from the side is going to have to help down on that. That's when Gordon, CP3, whoever, House Anyone. even, yeah. yeah, gets an open three look. Tucker. Tucker yeah. yeah. So it's one of those deals you're giving, like, that's asking them yeah, to beat you. What you said in, in in response to what the comment was, just put Crowder on him and live with what happens. Yeah. I'm going to the point in this one where I'm like, hey, let's put Crowder on him, let's put Rubio on CP3, and yeah. let's ball up defense. Because Gobert's going to guard the rim better than anybody in the league other not named Anthony Davis. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he's gonna. He's, no, I think he might even do it better than Anthony Davis, but he's definitely in the conversation. Yeah, and Mitchell is a formidable uh, guard, right? As far as defense goes, and Ingles is decent. Ingles is very intelligent. His IQ yeah. helps him a lot, but his foot why speed not, is not great. Why not just just play defense? Yeah. Well, it's scouting report too. It's like you got to know who you can give those open shots to. When Shumpert's in, which he doesn't play a ton, you give him the open looks. When Rivers is in, you kind of give him the open looks, even though he can hit them. Both those guys can hit them. You just play percentages, man. You don't give Gordon open looks. Tucker, you can live with it, but you don't want to give him open looks in the corner. And then, like you said, probably what I would do, I, I'd agree. I, I mean, I'm the one who said it. I think Crowder is the best guy to guard him. But I always think, like, in an NBA playoff series and even in a game that's so meaningful now, I want to give him multiple different looks. Yeah. So, obviously, I'd give him a little bit of Mitchell. But the problem is, once he gets a rhythm going on one of those guys, it carries over to the next guy. The only thing I worry about with putting Mitchell on him. Yeah. It, or, I'm sorry, there's two of them. One foul trouble. Foul trouble. That's that wasn't one of them. But one of them is I would k- try to keep a guy with more length, a Crowder or an Ingles. Yeah. Two. Ingles can't guard him though. I'm telling I'm saying, you right now. Really, outside of Mitchell, who's really a go-to scorer for the Jazz? No and way. if you lose him on the offensive end because he's tired from guard Harden, correct? You're done. Correct. That's why I wouldn't put him. I I would. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Rubio guard him. He's not going to stop him, but I think he, if he guards him straight up, he's probably going to play better than what he was doing the other day. Yeah, which that's why I say that's that's a team coaching philosophy. That's not I'm not blaming Rubio at oh, all, no. but I just don't think that's the way to win. Um, worth a try, and it's like I said, Milwaukee did a variation of it, and it actually 
came into play because what you're doing is you're taking away the three from Harden and you're forcing him to make a tough shot in the floater. Yeah. Floaters are not a high percentage shot, even though you see a lot of NBA guys make it. That floater from the free throw line is not an easy shot. And then no. a lot of those rebounds lead to fast breaks on the opposite side. Even though Utah doesn't get a ton of those, they'll take any easy bucket they can get. So I don't understand I know it. I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah. But this is just a, a question that I've thought of. Uh, in, in, in other times, and I've tried to debate it to myself, I guess you could say. Yeah. Is Harden one of the most difficult guards of all time in 100%. NBA history? I don't care if you put rules in there or not. He's, I mean, you know, you'll laugh at this a guy that I put in there who most people wouldn't, Vinny Microwave Johnson. Like, there's players who you just look back that are scoring machines, and um, I think Harden has to be 1A. I'll tell you this, man. I'll tell you who I had before him. Yeah. And the way Harden has used the rules to his advantage cuz I don't get mad when people do that. One they make the rules it's your choice, it's your it's your job to find out how to use it against someone else. Right. If yeah. you don't do it then that's your fault. Right. Carmelo. Carmelo was one of the most hard people to guard. Carmelo could beat you from the three-point line, he could beat you from the mid-range, he could post you up. Right. Like Carmelo was ridiculous. Now you have Harden, who not only beats you from anywhere on the court like Melo did, but he also passes the ball really well. Well, that's why I say the three levels, and Melo will post you up, Melo will blow by you, and Melo will knock down that mid-range jumper just straight in your grill. So yeah. I, I like that, and I agree with that at one point in time. Obviously, now he's not the same Melo. But then, obviously, in my opinion, the toughest guard ever in the history of the NBA is Jordan. So it's kind of one of those deals he has to be. That's why I say 1A, 1B with Harden, because Harden just reads what the defense is giving you, but he's unselfish enough to give people open looks to. But he shoots 11 free throws, 12 free throws a game, yeah. whatever it is. So, yeah, it's a different game, and, and he's learned it. You watch him, and, and I understand. People hate him because he gets calls. It's whatever. That's on you for hating someone that uses the rules to their, to their advantage. Right. If you want to get mad at him for that, fine. Well, and I like that people dislike him. Like, I like, I told you, bad blood, in my opinion, is a good thing. So, go ahead and dislike yeah, him. That's, that's good. But you have to respect what this dude is doing. Right. Like, this guy is literally – he's like, I'm looking at you, and I'm literally going to find any way I can to run through your teeth for me to score. Right. Or for my team to score. And if you don't respect that as a basketball fan, then that's on you. Well, and the thing is, everybody says, you know, playoff success is going to dictate what he's really judged as in his career. And I think this year they're playing really well. And I like this Utah team, too. I think this Utah team is a good team. So if they can get some momentum going into the next series against I mean, they beat probably, them 32 in game one. Yep. Yeah. But probably they're going to be playing the Warriors in the next series. Obviously, the Clippers, you know, might have something else to say about that, which I'd be shocked at. But without Cousins, um, surprisingly enough, that might help them because I think Cousins, you put him in that pick and roll up top with Harden, and that's what they want. They want that isolation. And um, so, yeah, it might end up working out. Bogut probably won't play a ton of minutes next series if that does happen. That's playing the horse before the carriage, but I like that matchup a lot, a lot yeah. more than what people think. Oh, yeah. I, there was a lot of rumors going around that they thought the Cousins was making the Morris team. Yeah, I don't. that's what I'm saying. I don't believe that to be true, but I think matchup-wise against the Rockets, I don't think you can have them on the court as much as what you want. Now, if he gets Capella in foul trouble, which Cousins is very capable of doing that or was capable before the quad tear, um, that, that changes that game around too because Capella is a huge piece. Obviously, with Farid on the court, they're a different team. Absolutely. 
this past weekend, not only was it Thunder over Louisville, but there were some good fights. Great fights. Thunder over Thunder. Yeah, <laughs> Thunder over Thunder. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really, like, I'm nowhere near the fighting fan that you or Grant are, uh, but you had some fights that you kind of wanted to talk about. Yep, just a brief recap. I mean, the the Holloway and um, Poirier fight was phenomenal. And that was a championship bout for 155. Max Holloway was a 145 champion, moving up to fight for an interim title. This was Khabib's belt that they're fighting for, basically. And that's a great backstory, too, where Khabib said, listen, you know, I'm going to – they suspended him for a certain amount of time, but they suspended the guy who got sucker punched by McGregor for yeah. a year. So he said, I'm going to stay out a year, too. So I'm like, okay, that that's pretty interesting. And so now they're saying, obviously, with Poirier beating Holloway, and it was honestly a great fight, but it was a pretty decisive fight for the Diamond Poirier. And um, now whole fight Khabib next, hopefully, and that'll be a great fight. I don't think Poirier has enough to stop Khabib's takedowns, but if he can keep it on the feet, Poirier is the much better boxer. Um, so how long? How much longer does Khabib have? Another eight months or so? No, not very long. It, it's from it's retroactive from when the incident happened, and so I, I would expect. I I don't want to say anything wrong, but I wouldn't be shocked. Obviously, Poirier's going to need some time to heal up, but he didn't get that badly when, beaten. When was that McGregor fight? Uh, three months ago, maybe. That's what I was saying. So I figured he would have about eight months left in his suspension, right? If you, he had a year suspension. Yeah, I for, see. I'm I'm bad with dating it because they they do a fight almost every week now. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those deals where, but but if if they can, they've got a big card in July. It's International Fight Week that they do every year, and I think it's like you said, they won't be eligible for that. Um, and then obviously on New Year's around then they have big fight cards as well too. So it I, was it was actually October sixth, twenty eighteen. Okay. So that's until five October. Months. Yeah. So he's got about he's got five or six months ago. So that he's got about six or seven months left in his suspension. But if I'm Poirier, I'm not probably not taking another fight until then. Yeah. I mean, is, there's just nothing to really gain because he's going to lose his chance at quote unquote the real belt. So, yeah, that was a great one. And then 185, Adesanya, who was formerly known as an up-and-comer against Kelvin Gastelum, a former Ultimate Fighter champion. And um, both these guys are phenomenal kickboxers, Muay Thai artists. I mean, it was all a stand-up war in both these fights, and that's what I enjoy seeing. And those two went to war, and um, Adesanya ended up getting his hand raised in victory. And he's the second... African champion too, which I like. Currently, there's two of them there, and both of them are bad men. Kamaru Usman at 170, and then Israel Adesanya at 185. So yeah, those were great fights. And then upcoming this weekend, we've got a great boxing match in Amir Khan versus Terence Crawford. And uh, in my opinion, that'll be a blowout. I think Crawford will win win that handily. But uh, Amir Khan's nothing to snuff at. So yeah, had, had some great fights Shaka lately. Khan. Yeah. Shaka Khan coming up. Yep. Uh, I wish I knew more about UFC. It's just, I don't know. It seems like they always fight like during the time of the stuff's going on. Yeah, well, there's. it's like I said, with them fighting so often now, and, and obviously their pay-per-views are what you they really promote and hear about a lot. Um, with it switching over and ESPN getting the contract rights to it, I did like that initially in thought process, but they really, in my opinion, dropped the ball on how they were covering it. Even like you don't under, you don't fully recognize this until you see it, but like shooting an NBA game is difficult, right? But can you imagine 
doing the camera work for a fight. Like you got the cage in front of you, you got blood going, sweat going everywhere. Like it's it's not an easy thing to do, and producing it is even tougher at that point. Yeah. So yeah, they they've gotten better now, but I think ESPN will be good for it in the long run. And I think the longer it's on ESPN, the more fans it'll pick up. So you might get more interested as it goes. But yeah, it, they've got something going on every week, pretty much. Yeah. So a lot of good fights. Yep, and fights coming up this weekend in UFC, yeah. by the way. So check out those too. Speaking of that type of stuff, we have power moves now. Yeah. And I got two of them again. Yeah. One of them I didn't tell you what it was, but the other one I did. You did not, which I always enjoy because that means, A, it's going to be a great one, and B, Uh, I get to show my genuine reaction. Oh, it's a good one. All right. So I'll let you go with your first one. So my first one was brought to me by good friend Troy Walters, and we already talked about the Masters earlier tonight, but a a couple of people probably saw this. There was a gentleman who took and bet $85,000. We're talking 8-5-K here. That's a lot. Yeah, on uh, Tiger Woods to win the Masters. So he didn't hedge his bet, anything like that. This is if Tiger comes in second place, he loses 85 grand. Yeah, and you – I mean – most I said to you before, I'm like most of the time when somebody's making an 85 grand bet, this is just some multi-millionaire. Yeah, it's like Floyd Mayweather doing it. Yeah, it's Floyd Mayweather. It's Dan Belzerian. That's exactly who I first thought of. Was like that's a move these guys would make, probably even more at that point. Yeah, and, but it's the win. It's such a terrible bet in my opinion. Like it just blows me away. And he only this is going to sound bad. We looked up the odds. They only gave him 14 to one odds. Like, that is not that great of odds for picking one guy just to win. So, yeah, he goes and he takes 85K. He's got a failing business. He took and he was broke in December. He was $25,000 in debt. He sells his Amazon stocks. He makes some money, takes 85K, places his first sports bet ever in his career. And wins one point two five million. But whatever I thought the it was. I thought the it was one point one nine million. Yeah. I think the best part was the thing was the thing you said the other thing the only other thing he had bet on. Oh, so his other <laughs> bet was on um, the governor of California <laughs> yeah. when Arnold Schwarzenegger was, was that two thousand three I think and he the, won that one too so that's why I'm like this dude I mean, the governor maybe yeah good bet so i'm starting out with the one that i told you on my power move okay because i want you i want to see your reaction on the other one right so uh when we were doing our little research here i had to go to the bathroom went to the bathroom saw a story while i was in there great story and i saw it of course grunk did this and I had about 45 minutes of research in that time, by the way. <laughs> don't, don't want to go behind the curtain. but <laughs> Don't look at the man behind the curtain, yes. But one of my power moves is by, the, by Mr. Rob Gronkowski, who retired. R.I.P. R.I.P. Who retired recently, and they, <laughs> they were doing um, – some type. Oh, they were throwing out the first pitch of opening day for the Red Sox. Yep. And, Which I love, by the way, that that was like a team thing. Like yeah. they could have picked one guy, and obviously we know who those guys would have been. But doing it as a team just shows how much fun they have yeah. off the field together, too. So they're standing back there, and they're all like practicing pitching and stuff. And they have Julian Edelman practicing pitching, Gronk practicing pitch, a couple other guys. And they say, and then Gronk, being Gronk, has this brilliant idea. To stand up there like a batter with the Lombardi Trophy. 
and act like he's going to swing. Everyone was like, we knew he was not going to swing. Or did we know he was? So Julian Edelman throws a pitch, and Gronk, in the power move that he is, <laughs> squares the bunt and bunts with the Lombardi trophy and puts a huge dent in the football. Leaving a mark on trophy. the franchise even more. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> well, only Gronk would do this and get away with it. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. As far as getting away with it, he's, I mean, him or Brady are the only two who could have got away with something like that. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw that, man, I, I I was cracking up, dude. I was like, only Gronk. Well, it was a great video by ESPN. ESPN is where I saw it, too, and it was, I think, two-minute video, whatever yeah. it was. But, it, I mean, they show the perspective of other players, and they said basically everything that you said. And I was just like, dude, hearing it come out of these guys' mouths, it's hilarious to me because nobody expected it. Yeah. <laughs> so, the other one, which I did not tell you Correct. what it was. Allegedly. I was, I was reading a story on Yahoo two days ago, and I was like, yo, this might be the first time I've ever been at work or anything and just read something. And I'm like, dude, this is a power move right here. Yeah. Just came to you? It did. I, the story was literally like, hey, B, here's your power move. And I was like, all right, word. Whispered in your ear, sweet nothings, huh? So, I'm going to set the scene for you. Okay. Daytona, Florida. Okay. Beautiful weather. It's a nice area. Waves crash. <laughs> Kid Good sound is effect. swimming out in the ocean. Okay. Gets caught up in the riptide. That's not good. Beautiful waitress, 19-year-old Hannah Pignato. That is good. Sees this kid drowning off the pier. Okay. Here, take my cell phone, take my money, boom. Dives off the top of the pier, bro. To save this kid. In her full uniform? or She took her apron off, I'm sure. But but gave him the money. That makes it more enjoyable for me, I'm just saying. Dives off this pier. What? Boom, hits a sandbar, breaks her back, and breaks her foot. But oh. she tries to save the kid. So. <laughs> but, she had no powers, but, bro. But yeah. power move to her for having for having the bravery to you dive You wanted to off. say cojones. I did, because yeah. I don't think she has those. I hope not. I mean, that makes for the story a lot worse. For having the bravery... To say, you know what? There's a kid drowning down there. I'm at least right. gonna try to Aquaman him out of there. But she hits a sandbar, right? And breaks her foot. Rookie mistake. Back. Well, you know what I oh, think of man, right away, dude. dude? Was... I'm thinking this kid. He saw this waitress, right? He planned this he out. He couldn't with his see buddies. it. She was no, two no, stories no. up, bro. He saw her. Listen, hear me out. You, you've seen the movie Sandlot. This isn't, that's about saying, this isn't Squints with Wendy Peppercorn, bro. I'm just saying, bro. Think about it. This little kid knows what he's doing, and unfortunately it didn't end out end up working the way he wanted it, it looks to. looks like a dead fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's not, this isn't Squints and Wendy Peppercorn, bro. This girl broke her foot and barbed back and had to get foot surgery. Oh, man. Yeah, but that hey. sucks. Did somebody save her? Yeah, Obviously. they were both saved. They were both saved. I, actually... I don't know if the kid was safe. The story that I saw <laughs> yeah, who was cares? Only, That's not the story good. I saw was only about her and how she was recovering from foot surgery. That writer so, or whoever did that article, you know what he's trying to do, bro. I saw the picture of her. Yeah. I wouldn't kick her out of the bed for eating crackers. Yeah, it would have been better if she was like 29. That would have been. Why? Well, yeah. But I'm just saying like that would have been 
like we, she's we've got a better bro. chance. And she's yeah. 29 yeah. and still working at Joe's Crab Shack and diving off of the top of the pier. Hey, to all those people out is. there working at Joe's Crab Shack, that was very disrespectful. I'm just saying on no, behalf. No, I, I take it back. If you were going to Joe's Crab Shack in Louisville and diving off the top of the pier, then you got problems. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not diving into the Ohio River ever again. Yeah. Wait, you've done it before? Yeah. Same. I've done it before, too. We we used to ride uh, boats out there. And, yeah. I mean, you know, every once in a while you got to take a tinkle. I mean. Yeah. Okay. Allegedly. I, with the octopi. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there, man. I don't... Yeah, catfish the size of the buses. Volkswagen. Vol- no, I say buses. Like the Smitty buses. The Smitty buses. Mini, sorry. It's the lisp. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess all we got left is beef, bro. I guess so, man. I, I think it should be your beef with what you said before about being on the phone. Oh man, yeah. This is this is a this is a real big problem for mine. Some would say a power move. Some would say a beef. It depends I, I on which side how, of the fence you're on. How it can be a power move? I don't know. Because this is the thing. I feel like everybody knows a person who is like this, and it just happens that it's related. They are related to you. Well, you know what? I'm going to mix this all up in one. Okay. Okay. And it comes. It has to do with the cell phone in general. One. Okay. If we're supposed to do something. Yeah. And I know that when I hang out with you, you constantly have your phone in your hand. Yeah. And then I text you or call you and you don't <laughs> answer. That one is a big one. I if don't you know don't who you to, could be talking about, bro. No no big deal. If here's the thing, man, if you don't want to do something, just tell me. Yeah. You you had you were talking earlier about how some guys did that to you in selling shoes. If you don't, oh, if yeah. you don't want to buy the shoes, hey man, just tell me. Hey, never mind, man. I had a change of heart. Don't let me drive all the way to Oklahoma and you stand me up. Yeah, but I'm not trying to twist anybody's arm. It's That's a good deal saying. for them. Good deal for me. If you don't want the shoes, hey, you know what? No cool. sweat, no foul. Water under the bridge. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. The other one. Charge your freaking phone. <laughs> I was on the phone with my brother having a conversation about something. By the way, he was also on the restroom. He was in the restroom. Uh, on on the, re- the he was on the restroom. Yep. I was on the phone with him, trying to buy tickets to see my favorite team, which I did. Patriots Bengals, December fifteenth, three days before my birthday. Got tickets to see that. Allegedly, no, I got them. They're in my they're in my phone. I saw them. Dope. Can't wait. I'm trying to. Hey, do you want to go? Do you want to do that? Hey, man, you got to hurry up and talk, man. My phone's on 2%. Dude, you knew this was coming. I told you yesterday and today that I was going to be talking to you. But he's not the only one that does this. I constantly talk to people, and more often than not, they're like, hey, my phone's about to die. Who charged your phone? Mine's on three quarters right now, so this isn't about me. My phone is half Halfway. Half full, half my, empty. My phone is forty percent is what my phone says. So that's half empty. If that if it's half full, it's like fifty five. If it's half empty, it's like. But that's 40. the thing, though, man. I could have an hour long conversation on forty minute battery yeah. at least. Oh, see, my S four, you know, they're on the S eleven right well, dude, now. Dude, your I think. phone is as old as an etch a sketch. Yeah, and that's I've tried to shake it, and things don't disappear. But I think it's <laughs> before the technology. By the way, man, not to not to reference something else, but I was practical watching. Jokers. The, uh, did you watch the new? Yes, one? I watch it. I watch them. <laughs> 
Oh, oh. So, the one with Sal where they had. <laughs> so they had the part where they were getting tutored. Yeah. And they're like, "Hey, Sal, act like you don't know how to use a computer. Act like the computer's an etch a sketch." Yeah. You're trying to get. No, he wrote race. on it first. Remember, he had the marker and writes yeah. on it, and they're like, "Try to get it to disappear by shaking it like an etch a sketch." And then the guy gets up and leaves. And he's like, "Hey, yeah. man, you know where the bathroom's at?" And he grabs his jacket and leaves with Murr. Yeah. Oh man, I'm that, telling you, I would love like uh, it would be so much fun to have me you sharpie i'm trying to think of who else would be a good i think dj could do all right with it yeah the only thing i'm worried about is i feel like you know obviously it'd be other people giving what to do like as far as us for dj would be brutal with what he would be giving us like dj would not let it slide every well, once well, in a while i've told you about the times that we've gone to the theme parks and we play the nose game right no. You know the Impractical Jokers yeah, nose game? Joe does it where you put your nose. Yeah, you just put your nose on somebody. Yeah. So we, oh, we, man. We, had that would special, be. we had special rules for it, though. What are if the special get, rules? If you, get a ride, if you get a ride person, it's like five. Uh, if you get a regular person, it's one. Uh, so you were saying like on a ride? Or no, what's like a, a person, person that operates the ride. Oh. You get five points. How do you do that? They're not paying attention. You just yeah, but they're always them. moving. They're checking your lap belts. So I'm saying, bro, yeah, you like be you gotta be strategic. Yeah. If you get a security guard, you win the game for the day, and the game's over. How many and security guards? I'm going to. There's a, a lot of security guards walking around. Is there? Oh yeah. Jennifer was this close to getting a security guard. Man, followed him all the way through the water park, and had him, <laughs> and he happened to just turn around to look at something that was behind him. Yeah. So is it the same rule? You can't get caught. You or? can't get caught, and they oh, can't man. feel it, which is, I guess, essentially getting caught. Well, I was going to say, I think they can feel it. They just can't no. acknowledge if, it, right? Yeah, but how can you do yeah. it without them being caught? Because if you, I mean, they just can't know it's you nosing them or, like, think it's oh, weird. Dude, you, I'm telling you, man, like, we could be standing here. Yeah. I could nose you and you wouldn't know. Yeah. This is no offense to my mother. My mother could nose you from Georgia, bro. <laughs> oh, she got one of them bird beaks. Oh, man. Yeah, they used to call her, uh, what's the bird off uh, Sesame Street? Big, Big bird. bird. Big Bird. Man, so bird. it runs in the family, if you can't tell. So I feel like I'd be <laughs> decent at this game. The game is very fun. The game yeah. is very fun. Out of everything to do, though, that's like one of my more of least favorites. Because I, I would just like to say the controversial stuff and then act silly. The th- I think the biggest thing that they do, man, that's so tough is keep a straight face. Oh yeah, like <laughs> the other one that they did, man, was where uh, they were the um, they were sitting at that front desk and they had to say the random things. Yeah, and he kept calling him James. Yeah, <laughs> well, saying- and then the one knocking the the pens off oh, every time. Dude, that lady was gonna kill him. Yeah. It was Murr, and he kept calling his mom or calling her mom as a mercy contact. <laughs> She was not happy. But the the ending, we won't say, just in case, no spoiler alerts, if anybody hasn't seen it, there was one of them who loses every time, right? Yeah. And so the punishment was in a coffee place, coffee shop, oh, I think is what dude, you call them. so yep. brutal. You have to go and just shut everybody's laptops. And uh, <laughs> that's, I thought about it in my head. I'm just thinking, like, what would you say? And obviously, once you're watching it, like, you get some ideas from it. But they are the first ones doing it, and they find out about it on the spot. So it's not like any pre-planning whatsoever. And it was, yeah, it was really tough to watch. I'm not sure. I, I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. I don't know which one I think is the worst punishment I've ever seen. Well, the tattoo has to be, like, up there. The skydiving, for me, has to be up there. I'm also not a big germ fan, so, like, Sal, whenever he got put on the garbage barge, was pretty bad. Oh, they told him his keys were on there? And he's digging through, and he's like, oh, that is milk! 
What about the one where uh, they were doing the art class, and they knew that Cube was going to lose if he refused? Yeah. And he had, Joe was like, hey, man, go ahead and put an X through that little girl's uh, painting. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. And he's like, oh, so you refuse? And he's like, yeah. He goes, well, we figured this out before the show, so uh, with you refusing, you actually lose the show. So now go ahead and put an X through everyone's painting. Yeah. That was the most awkward I've ever felt watching one of the, one of the things because, like, you yeah. could – like he almost started crying. Yeah, he felt so. But see, bad. that's for people who have feelings about that stuff. I don't. The you know, other one, I wouldn't though, feel bad about that. The other one was the one where Sal had to work that beer convention. Yeah. Did you see that one where they give they you pay a certain amount of money they, they throw give it you, because he was in t- they say they were too intoxicated. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That one was tough too, man. Yeah, but I'm telling you, I would I would be okay with those because like no the worst way, thing dude, I'm worried they were about, about to fight him. He was like, yeah, but that's yeah, what man, I'm I think I'm cutting you off. And I'm the like, girls were the ones who were the angriest at that. Remember the two girls who were yeah. just like, what? We paid X amount of dollars for that. <laughs> see, this is my thing, and this is just you know the way my brain works. But come on, you and I both know. It's a TV show. Even though he's not allowed to do it, the TV show is then giving them more cups and stuff. So it's only awkward for a couple of minutes. And he knows they're going to respond to him crazily, and that's like egging him on to get a good reaction in the show. So, like, I I guarantee it's uncomfortable. I'm not saying it's not. Yeah. But you know they're going to get – like the one with uh, ripping up the uh, former Yankees autographs. Oh, the Tino Martinez one. Yep. And then he had that one with the old lady who was, like, so happy. And they're like, all right, make it to a paper airplane. Yeah. It's like, oh, dude, come on. Well, and even the one gave it to him. Like, hey, oh, you can't get, you know, he gave him the sob story. Hey, I can't get it signed because I'm working security. She said, okay, here, you can have this. And then he still had to rip it up. Yeah. And that's she just looked at him like, what? Why did you just do that? So that's why I say I, I wouldn't feel bad about those because it's one of those things you know they're getting them taken care of. But still, um, yeah, I would love to do something with that show. Absolutely, man. Um, but great week. Uh, we got some more NBA playoffs coming up this upcoming week. True. Um, the NFL schedule was released today. Um, True as well. Like I said, uh, the Patriots are playing in Cincinnati, and I do have tickets already, lower level. Excuse me. So I'm pumped about that. I've only got to see my team play one time in person. And so. the Eagles and Patriots have decided to alternate years on national championships. So this year we will be winning that Lombardi Trophy, and ours won't be dented. Um, I don't think we. I don't think we agreed to that. Well, you don't have to agree to it. We're just going to go ahead and do it. It sounded like a verbal agreement to me. I, I'm not agreeing to that. Um, I wouldn't mind having a rematch against you all in the in the Super Bowl, though, and us taking the victory this time. Well, Brady of course, riding, you want the Brady victory. riding off in the sunset. Because yeah. I think I do think this is Brady's last year, especially with Grunk leaving. Uh, I do. Hey, I do. I do dig that pickup we got yesterday, though. Yeah, of course so. Demarius Thomas, wide receiver, former Bronco, injury-ridden season last year in in Houston, but I think it's a solid pickup towards Achilles at the, in in December. Uh, so hopefully he can get healthy enough to at least you know week four, week five start kind of get intertwined with the team, and hopefully we can get Josh Gordon back too. If we get a, a wide receiving core of Josh Gordon, uh, we got Safarian Jenkins as well um, at tight end, and then you got Edelman, Josh Gordon. We did lose Hogan's uh, gone. We did lose Hogan. Yeah, Hogan went to Carolina. Oh, uh, you know, do your thing, man. I mean. Uh, hopefully he, get he gets money. I hope so. Uh, good for him, man. You know, I, I don't, I don't ever hate on 
things like that. I mean, we had Blunt leave a couple years ago. He ended yeah. up coming back, and we won won the Super Bowl with well, him. Well, then he yeah. ended up leaving. And then he ended up leaving again. Yeah. Do your thing, man. That's fine. You want to come back and win, you can. But Oh, okay. Come back and win, huh? I mean, he did come back and win. And he then did, he went true. to UL and won again the next year. Yeah. So, um, And now we've got J.H.I. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he can get healthy. I'd like to see you guys at full strength. I'd like to see a full season of, of Wentz and Ajayi and the rest of that team. Yeah, they just came out and said he's still not doing well. And it's like, man, I hope that's not true because they gave away Foles and just said, hey, we're just going to let you do. And I, I appreciate everything Foles did, so he deserves what he wants. But I told you I would have rather seen him as the starter. Not that Wentz doesn't have the better potential, but Foles is the guy who's already proven to you that he can do what it takes to win a championship. Yeah. So, guys, keep liking, keep sharing. Uh, by the way, we moved to the third place on that championship giveaway i'll have to look at the name on it we'll announce it tonight yep and uh, don't forget about those uh candy brackets candy brackets the second ones uh should have should end tomorrow so we'll put up the matchups of all those tomorrow yep. um i had to do oh I'm, I'm glad you brought that up so one of them tied today uh straight tie yeah laffy taffy and sweethearts tied so what i did was i flipped a coin wrote heads and tails before i flipped it Flipped the coin. It landed on uh, tails. So sweet tarts end up winning by by um, virtue you of for? Uh, sweet tarts. Sweet tarts as well, bro. Uh, but it it ended up winning by virtue of uh, coin flip. So that's why you're going to see a fifty fifty tie. But I would that's say God chose sweet tarts I mean, over I laffy taffy. Laffy taffies are good. Yeah, but there's no way that I'm picking those over like especially the the sweet tart chews. Oh, dude, the sweet tart chews are fire. I'll just go with the standard sweet tarts, but sweet tarts chews aren't uh, bad. And you know I like what? Laffy Taffy too. But that's by like the I way, said. by the way, yeah. I do have a beef. Another one. Okay. How the heck did you pick sour skittles over Reese's Holiday or of any sort? How the heck did you do that? Are you uh, just trying to be simple different? there, John? It's because I don't like Reese's, bro. Oh my goodness. We might have to go back to a solo podcast with this answer that you just yeah, gave. Yeah, you can do that because this is what I got to say about this. Reese's Pieces is one of the greatest candies of all time. Reese's Pieces are fantastic. But Reese's by themselves are dumpster fires. No. Yeah. That's a controversial start statement. I it understand is. that. It's very controversial. But it's like I said, too. I, I First of all, A, I don't eat much candy now. B, I never was a huge candy enjoyer. Allegedly, I once got in trouble for selling rock candy at a Christian high school that did not think that selling... What kind of rock was this? No, legitimate rock candy. <laughs> Le- legitimate, yeah. delicious rock okay. candy. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Breaking and, bad over here. No, listen, this is what I'm telling you. I would, first of all, it was a cool thing because it was like, hey, if you're my homie, I'm selling it to you for 25 cents a piece. That's a good deal for a rock candy right there. Yeah. If you were just kind of in the middle, some wishy-washy, didn't even know you, but hey, I got no problems with you. I'd give it to you for 50 cents. You know, you're happy with that. I'm happy with that. If you were somebody who I wasn't a huge fan of, which was most of that high school, then you were paying me a dollar. And I promise you, I'd walk down the hallway and I'd look into classrooms just to (laughs) admire my handiwork. And we're talking like 85% of people were eating rock candy. So, yeah, quickly they knew who it came from. Quickly they came to my locker and shut it down. But, yeah, I made like hundred and seventy dollars in two and a half days so it was good this whole this whole time man i thought that i was doing a podcast with bjk and i never realized i was doing one with walter white yeah it's 
Breaking Bad over here, bro, selling that rock candy. Delicious rock candy. Yeah. Buying it at the Peddler's Mall. Ten cents per rock candy. Selling them for twenty-five or fifty. I hear you, bro. No, mainly a dollar, but a lot of fifty cents in there too. <laughs> Only people were getting them for a quarter was like Blake, Mac, Zach. People in the know. And you were still upcharging them big time. Oh, well, 15 cents isn't a bad deal. You know, there's some gas involved in this. And obviously, I was gas. the one. you weren't yeah. driving. Yes, I was. I was driving the the Cutlass for a oh, while. Oh, so this was I, in high school. Yeah. I thought this was elementary school, no, BJ. No, this was, this was when I went back to Christian Academy, I was a junior. So, originally, I was driving the Cutlass until I drove it onto the baseball field. After I drove <laughs> it onto the baseball field, I ended up having to get a different vehicle. And then I was in the Lincoln Town Car, which was partially funded by the Rock Candy sales, but mainly funded by the Dairy Queen paychecks. Nice. Yeah. But keep voting on those. Uh, we'll talk about a little. We'll talk about them a little bit uh, next episode. Uh, I did. I can't say I tell. I told you so to BJ. I said, man, these are going to get a lot of votes. Oh yeah. And these well, it's have, your idea from the start. I told you I thought it was a great idea. These I are already. The these are already getting more votes than the Dunkers, just because I knew that yeah. more people would vote for it. Because we. We as Beef's Beef understand that not everyone is into sports as much as we are. Of course. So anytime we can talk about something else that gains interest from other people, we like to do that. But our main thing is sports, especially right. local local sports. But, I would say food is a close second yeah, as well, too, for me. I mean, it, you choose whatever you want. But I, sports are one, and uh, and food is like three. But it's second in line. It's just I'm saying that's how. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I see so. what you're saying. But – Keep voting on those. Try to stay cool. Cool like me and BJ. It is. Um, Allegedly. Yeah. BJ's not really that cool. No. But, guys. Well, hopefully- you don't have a forehead. You have a five head. Yeah. It's. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, Classic right there. Keep liking. Keep sharing. Beef out.